All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Questlove Supreme. I'm your host, Questlove Cornelius. No. Actually, Glad you realized. No, no. Change you know, your voice, drop a few octaves. It's really, I know, right? You got, <laughs> you got my fan box you got jokes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Man. No, I'm, I'm just saying, when, you know, the Weird Al Yankovic show, I was like, hey guys, Weird Al Yankovic here. But when Tija's here, I'm like, <clears throat> <laughs> Paul Porter, <laughs> you've reached the quiet jungle, Paul Porter. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Questlove Supreme. I'm your host, Questlove. Wait, it just hit me. Should I even say that we're, you know, how to, is Webby legit enough for us to be like, hell yeah, for that to be the preface to our title, like the Webby winning, Webby winning, uh, yeah. Image we Award won. nominated. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Image okay. Who Mary won that? Did. Who, who, who beat us? Was that uh, Jamil? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's makes cool. Sense. It's yeah. family. Family. Spread yeah. the love. Spread the yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Amir, if you try to say Webby winning enough times, it'll be a hit on podcast history. Yes, the right. Webby winning. <laughs> I don't know. I still feel some sort of way that, you know, we, we've been Webby winning for the longest mm. and they haven't given mm. us our first award. So, damn, Laia. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yo, guys, this is this is this is notable. Mm-hmm. Normally, Laia, if if it's like Lenny Kravitz on the show or someone of note. Oh, oh he just well, looked at me. Is it date night right now, Laia? <laughs> no, but I mean, it Shit. is teacher. She like, you know. Uh, oh, okay. So, oh, <laughs> thank you. T- <laughs> you gotta show up. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I've been around. Yeah. I've seen what she looked like. I've seen how she command the room. So I'm, yeah, I'm like, Laia yeah, I'm here. Is, is matching her her Lenny Kravitz energy right now. With mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, girl. The, the kids are coming out to play. Anyway, um, yeah, so, Laia, you, well, obviously you're fine because, you know, you no. got new artwork and fans and everything behind you. Oh, I'm good. I just Can I just say something real quick? Because I usually don't share no news about what I do outside this show, but I'm just very excited. Number one, shout out to some other podcasts, Love and Grit and J.L., but also because... Mm-hmm. 
me and my godmother Deanna Williams are producing a book for my dad and all his photography. We're gonna self-publish, and today we got the word that a big publisher is like, I won't end. So I just wanted to yes. share that. I'm very excited. Let's go. There you go. Let's go. fucking go. Congrats. What, what was this? What was this era of photography? If you don't mind uh, me asking. From the 50s to like the late 80s. And I'm talking like from, you know, he was the photographer at the White House during the first Met Black Music Month event. He's from the March on Washington to the 20 year anniversary to make wow. it a holiday. Just all the stuff. All the we, black we, stuff. We got to interview Laia one day. Just, <laughs> yeah. just so we can find out about ourselves. <laughs> right? That's Straight up and down. That's all right. So, Bill, even though I know that you're not team Encanto. Uh, yeah. I'm still acting like you are. I know. Because all your peeps are, you know, about to. I mean, I'd hope... love to be team money bags along with being team Encanto. But what? Hamilton money is not enough for you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you you created the thriller of Broadway albums, yo. Yeah, so did you. My, my Hamilton held... checks are nice. So I know your Hamilton checks are really nice. Ooh, They're OK. Tell it. Uh-oh. So <laughs> uh, my girlfriend and I are getting a new condo. Yes, he said it. Yes, he said there it. Did you, you hear it? Did you hear it? <laughs> so wait a minute. You're moving out of what we've no. been seeing you. I'm staying in this place, but my girlfriend, uh, they're selling. We rented there. They're selling her place. So we're buying a new place. Well, that's good, man. That's, I'm not getting know. married. Everyone stop with the knowingly you know, glances and everything. Hey, I've already hey, been married. I don't once. believe you because Fonte young got man, me married. <laughs> I, I was listening. I, I happened to be listening to a classic episode when Fonte was happily divorced and thought that was how his life yep. was going to be. Ooh, I man. mean, yeah. the good old days. Yeah. The good you know? old days. I mean, you know, we, we should all have bliss and happiness. That includes you too, Steve. Sugar mm -hmm. Steve. Happiness? What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happiness is a thing. okay. All right, we're lucky. Happiness is thing. Uh, Fontigolo, how, how's I'm it chilling, going? Man, everything's good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to have Teacher here today. This has been a long time coming. I feel like she's really one of the kind of quote unquote unsung heroes you know, mm -hmm. of the genre, and um, I'm just really happy to get her story today. So this has been a, this is a dream come true for me, man. Awesome. It's still too young for unsung. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unsung, but you know, yeah. No, I was joking. It was just yeah. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're we're sunging her. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. As <laughs> as uh, Fonte mentioned about our aforementioned guest, I'm gonna actually make it Afro mentioned. I think there you go. It's, there you go. I knew that that Bill would instantly prove that. Um, Webby winning. There you go. Webby winning and Afro mentioned. The two two words that we're you know make it official. <laughs> um, our, our guest today uh, is an awesome, awesome singer-songwriter uh, hailing from the city of Nolens. Um, yes. I, I, I heard that residents of Never say it like that. does not like us saying yeah. Nolens. No, we don't care what you do. It's just not how it goes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I already know where this episode is going, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> having having uh, written... Having written for the uh, for the likes of uh, Mary J. Blige, Nivea, 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 Nivea. Okay, I got I got to, you know, I got to get the the, the lotion and, yeah. oh, and you right. the human. Ooh. Ooh. Right, I got to get same. it correct. They, they the same. I got to get it. Okay, they are the same. Oh, yeah. She's named after the lotion. She's named. I don't know which came first. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, there's also Macy Gray, Raphael Sadiq, uh, Neo, many others that we could name. Her now debut classic, uh, the almost 20 years old uh, Complex Simplicity, was released to uh, critical acclaim. 
2004, instantly garnering her uh, praise from critics and a very loyal fan base. Uh, we're very happy that she's doing us the honor of chopping and mixing us for this long overdue conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Questlove Supreme, the one and only Tidra Moses. Yes, sir. Hello, all. Hello, all. Yeah, Hello. I think I'm gonna have to pull me some cognac for this one. Cognac. Yeah, I'm already, I'm already drinking, baby. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> yes. Dude, now I, I really truly it. wish this was a visual show because hey. this is the exact backdrop that Denise Williams was in <laughs> in her episode. Right. <laughs> Classic black and white photo above it, and yep. you know, an empty and a cocktail. Box. Yeah, a cocktail. There you go. Damn, I'm. I'm what else do you need? Anyway, how where where are you uh where are you right now as we speak? I'm in LA right now. Okay. I live in Miami though, but I'm in LA. Oh wow! Oh yeah. okay, you live in Miami. I see. Yeah. I see. Well, you know, thank you for coming to the show. I have to say, I think did you ever come to any of our Grammy jams? I think we played together once. Yes. But I don't think we've ever spoken. Mm. We played together. We've spoken like. I think it was like a text or something once. Yeah, That's in all passing, I remember. Yeah. yeah, but never really like, hey, what's up? Never right. that. Yeah. I feel like this is our this first is our... time really talking. Yeah. There you go. Long overdue. Long overdue. All right. Well, I'll start like I start with everyone else. Uh, where? Okay. So where were you born? I know that you're hailing from New Orleans, but I don't know if you were born there. I was born in Jefferson Parish, which is right outside of Orleans Parish. And that's pretty much New Orleans. <laughs> so I was born gotcha. in, in Kenna, Louisiana, which is like the suburbs of New Orleans. Okay, gotcha. So New Orleans adjacent. Yes. Um, what uh, your family situation is it? Is it siblings or your parents? Yeah. What was it? I have um, two sisters, two brothers. Four of us are from my mom and dad, and one is just from my dad. The oldest. Gotcha. Um, can you tell us what your first musical memory was? Tina Marie. Um, my cousin was moving into a house behind my TT's house, and we cut a gate in because everybody in you know in the south we all live around each other, family lives around each other. So we would cut gates or or cut like little paths to go to someone's house, and we tore the gate back from my TT's house to um, my my cousin who was moving to a house behind, and the whole time she was unpacking, she was just. That's where it is album. I was really oh, okay. little, but that shit was hard. I loved it. I just I was a little kid loving Tina Marie. That's my first. I guess gospel was my first because church. But the first time I really was excited was Tina Marie. Okay, that makes so sense. So it must be Magic album. That was your yes, that, was your that one. Yes. Okay. It must be that. Yeah, so good. And she was right. just unpacking and dancing and like all in her zone. It was her first place, you know. And I was just watching that. I was loving the music. And I was supposed to be helping, but I was a little kid, so I couldn't really help. But that's my okay. first Marine music, yeah. I see. Did you, uh, uh, any experience, like, did you go through church as a singer or? No. I watched. And I think church made me feel like I wasn't going to be, I felt like I wasn't good enough. Really? I had a sweet little soft voice. And church, like, I come from Southern Baptist Church. And my oh, mother was also okay. a singer in the church. She was really big in, in our church, singing in, in like on the Southern Chitlin Circuit of gospel. So they had such really powerful voices that I think I just never thought I was good enough. What was your mother's name? 
Shirley Moses. Okay. And so she pretty much like, didn't did Denise the, the Williams circuit. say the same thing, Amir? That's so weird that you said she was looking like that. I was like, Denise Williams. Exactly. Didn't exact Denise same Williams thing. didn't have a a gospel southern gospel belter voice. So she just right. felt like, you know, she had a, a, a sweet songbird voice and she just didn't feel like she belonged. So okay, so you just tried to just blend in with the 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 rest of the choir. You didn't do songs yeah, just, or anything. No. And I left New Orleans kind of before I developed my voice, I would walk around the house singing and sing in the shower and sing to the radio, but I hadn't developed my voice yet. I didn't develop my voice till I got to California, like high school. So I was I was little in while I was in the gospel. By the time we got to uh, California, we didn't really go to church as much, and it wasn't Southern Baptist. It was just more like non-denational, non-non-denominational type music, which is totally different. Okay, your experience in, in New Orleans. Is it, could you describe what the environment was? Um, you know, oftentimes, I think everyone in New Orleans either, you know, has second line experiences or, you know, it, it's almost like if, if, if the movie Fame were a city, I would imagine it would be New Orleans where people just bust out. Like, you know, everyone has to sing or do something musical just to just to live or breathe or whatever. Was that the experience for you down there? Like, It's just music everywhere all day. Even if it's not down to like, even if it's not as, as extensive as the second line, you know, you in New Orleans, it's music and partying all the time. Music, partying, and drinking. And drinking. All the time. And eating. Yeah. And eating. And eating. Yeah. This is how we Every time I go like to New Orleans, everything. I just know 10 pounds. You just got to just, yeah. just give yourself that grace because you know yes. it's over with. Exactly. There's no such thing as being a pescatarian or a vegetarian. You can't do any of that stuff there. You just eat, you know? Whole and plate brown. No, no vegetables. And if they no. are, they're fried. <laughs> so it's like, Fact. in New Orleans, growing up in New Orleans, there's music everywhere from, you know, jazz on the streets, if you're in the city, you know, to gospel. Gospel's very, very big there. Zydeco. Um, you know, then there came Bounce. And hip-hop was always big for us. But before Bounce, we just listened to uh, New York hip hop, you know, so it was like more based on that and music everywhere. I don't ever recall, like even the school I went to, I went to all black school, uh, private school by the name of St. John of Walk, and we had choir. And our teacher was a lady named Miss Shatters who passed not too long ago, but she's like the first person that kind of showed me my voice. We just had music everywhere Sundays on yeah. church, Tuesdays and Wednesdays or whatever for choir rehearsal. You know, all my brother and his, his, uh, Turn to music everywhere. We have block parties, and then outside of that, then you do have second lines, and it's just music everywhere. It's it's to the point that you don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. It's just there. I want to ask you a, a question um, since you're from the area about Zydeco because that's just the a kind of music that we didn't really in the Carolinas. We didn't really get a lot of it, but like a lot of my homies, like Louisiana, um, Texas, you know, what I'm saying like. And it's and it has a big black following. Like I follow yeah. a lot of like dance stuff on um on IG, like a lot of dancers. And there's like some Zydeco dance, like they was doing. Them motherfuckers was getting it. They like Stephen Fonte. <laughs> like it's not. It's not stepping. It's like a. It's it's a you dance because you dancing close. Like the the, okay. the man and the woman dance close, so it's not like a step. But um, I but it's crazy. Zydeco dancing. I'm just only. I, I just know the music. It was a club. Them man, they was getting it was dudes in cowboy hats and shit. It was all brothers, like brothers. Yeah. Was, I've never seen man, black side of go because all my black, all my side of go experiences are like 
the white guys. Well, there's that because it's, it's a little bit more Cajunish than Creole. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's more Cajun Gatorish than Creole, which Cajun and you know Cajun and Creole is totally different. Kind of yeah. like white black, basically. You know, Pretty Creole much. is more yeah. black. Cajun which is more part white. is what's the black part? Creole black is, is Creole. black. Okay. Creole is black in French, African in French. And then the Cajun is more from when uh, the Louisiana Purchase happened and you know, it, all, it went all the way into Canada. And then they migrated down, the Canadians, the French Canadians migrated down to Louisiana. And they're kind of like above us. They're not really in the bottom. They're not at the bottom with us, the Creole people. But they mixed, eventually came down. But it's more like, here's a simple thing. Creole, we eat our gumbo with rice. Red sauce. Oh, okay. I, Cajun sauce. eat their gumbo with, uh, with like, uh, who do they eat it with? With uh, potato salad. Say what now? Just totally different. Yeah, exactly. It's really? just totally different. Cajuns, okay. white French from from Canada, uh, Creole, African French. Okay, so since you opened the door, now I got to ask, are, are your uh, culinary skills as good as your musical mm. skills? I can cook. I can really cook. But here's the thing. I started trying to be healthy. So I have to go back to my old ways to really, you know, throw it down for you. Like, I don't use butter and everything anymore, but I use butter and everything when I'm cooking good. Because that's the base of all good food. Really okay. good butter. You know what nice. I mean? So I can cook. I can definitely, I mean, nobody's going to leave my table not pleased. Or my bedroom, but that's the whole other story. I'm leaving. <laughs> yes, we will be over exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, this is what I was here for. This is why I dress like this. Yeah. yeah. It's working. It's, it's, like, it's kind of like what you're trained mm. to do in the South. You're trained in those areas. You go, you know, you go hard in those areas. Your bedroom, your kitchen, you get that together. You got everything good. Oh, I mean, your workout game must be amazing. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because you got to have energy and you got to have room. Okay. And I'm at a loss for words right now. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot right. who I was uh, interviewing. <laughs> so, so uh, I was thinking about um, your. You talk about your LA days. I didn't know. Um, talk about your days with the uh, the Good Life Cafe. Like, I understood you came up kind of oh, around yeah. that scene. Yeah, I, I moved to LA at 14, and I moved to LA. And I moved. I didn't move to LA. I moved to West Covina, which is in the Valley. Oh wow! And so we would travel into the city to get because I moved from New Orleans. To West Covina, the valley. It was culture shock. So I found friends that came from, you know, their parents had taken them out of the city because it was games and stuff like that into the mm-hmm. valley. And so I found friends that I could travel into the city with. And we found Good Life and the Murr Park and all that stuff. And it was just an unbelievable movement, you know, of musicians and hip hop. And I also was my, with my uh, son's, my children's father, Razkaz. And so he kind of would, I was kind of like, we're going to run around with him and, and I would just, it was amazing. It was in, in retrospect, we didn't know then what it was, but in retrospect, it was kind of like a a big pot of all these creative people. And it just kind of spilled and bled onto you. You know, you learned about things that I I knew jazz, but I didn't know the kind of jazz that they were telling me about. I knew about hip hop, but I didn't know like what, you know, it was just like a really, really great community of young musicians and, and young creative and not all musicians. Well, who some else was did other Tell speech. us who else was in the good life, because I think for some folks who never heard of it. Well, I wasn't in it. Okay, you were just affiliate. Yeah, I don't want to claim something. I I would witness it. I would witness it because they would have uh, these functions, Mm -hmm. and you know, people. uh, The one that I probably would probably was more versed with was Unity. Bigger B, I think his name was. He did this thing called Unity. Yeah, and he had this thing where he would bring 
all of these different artists to LA. He was like the first person to bring all these different artists to LA. I knew good life and I would be around that, but what I paid attention to more so is when Raz would go to uh, good life, I mean, not good life, unity. And we would see like Wu-Tang Clan, all these, all these different people that really weren't coming to LA, you know, when they were first starting. Mm -hmm. But good life was more something that I was around a few times. Unity was to me the thing that I don't think gets talked about enough in LA. Bigger B had a whole movement. I think the first person that kind of had this going on was pre my time was the Uncle Jam Army guy. Uncle Jam's right? Army, gotcha. But gotcha. yeah, but Bigger B was like that for real hip hop and you know true hip hop lovers, you know. And I was just kind of like a tag along the rest. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Oh no, no, I was going to say that. Um, it just hit me that my first year at Fallon, this uh, new filmmaker named Ava DuVernay came to interview me. I believe her first film project was about the Good Life Cafe. Oh wow! I think it was called yeah. "This Is." It was. It was called "This Is the Life." I think. I saw um, that. Yeah, but uh, has that has that officially? Have you guys seen it? Has it officially come out? Or? I saw it. It was yeah. It was on Showtime or something. I saw it before. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think. I don't want to lie, but maybe that's not what I saw. But I saw a documentary type of thing about Good Life. Yeah, no, no. Hopefully, that's, hopefully that was her first joint. Okay. Yeah, I know that's that. Uh, yeah, for it, it's um, I know, but well, bus driver, one of my favorite underground, or I hate saying underground. It's such a, you know, it's like damning someone to only the purple property at the beginning of uh, the Monopoly board. But critically, you know, acclaimed. if you're a fan of like Freestyle Fellowship, um, the Jurassic Five Cats. Um, that's very that's good like, life. Yeah, Andrew okay. John. Oh, Medusa. Like Medusa. I, yes. Yeah, I'll say like you know when we first started, even though they were at the tail end of oh Far Side. Also, they were at the tail end of of their era. That's when the Roots first started coming out there. But we like met a lot of those guys, so I almost felt like we were, you know, their distant cousins, um, often doing shows out there and. You know, also why don't more be, people? Can be, I ask a question really quickly? Why mm -hmm. don't more people talk about the far side? Because I think the far side for the West Coast was kind of like, and they, maybe this is overstepping. It's comparable to Trap Called Quest to a mm -hmm. certain extent. Oh, that makes actually bizarre ride, bizarre ride. I mean, that's it. That's that's Midnight Marauders West Coast. Like even, I don't know, but their name doesn't come up like even, like that. Because the thing is, is that unfortunately. I was trying to figure out another uh, a two piece with Biscuit, which mm. is like Biggie. Like, unfortunately, it's like, you know, for the far side, one, it's been 30 years. And it's really technically two albums. Like, but that album, kind of, that one album, no, I'm here. Like, they kind of, no, they took themselves out the running, even though both I albums were so. classic. Mm. And here's oh. the thing Eminem will say all day that literally. Eminem, you know, said this a billion times that his whole presentation, like the cartoony voice, the 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 wordplay, all that stuff, like Bizarre Ride to the Far Side was Eminem's hmm. blueprint for the first three uh, first three records of his. Like if you listen to him rhyme and all that stuff, like the cartoony voice and all that stuff, like he's essentially just wow. you know that's him. Owed, just overdosing on on the far side um yeah you're right definitely for a lot of 
I mean, I, I wasn't those people that like went territorial, like, oh, they're East Coast, they're West Coast, but I definitely remember them changing the perception of of what we thought Los Angeles rappers yeah. were. Nah, for us, yeah. it was for us on this side, it was Far Side, of course, mm-hmm. absolutely Souls of Mischief, mm-hmm. and the Alcoholics. Alcoholics, and the alcoholics. they was like, yeah. man, yeah. listen, them was my nigga. I love yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I'll say that, um, when we heard Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, that was the prime reason why um, we put Scott Storch in the roots because, mm. you know, they were using, it's so weird that, you know, even though Tribe had been doing it, the way that Jay Swift was using Fender Rhodes on that album, you know, the whole tremolo sound and all that stuff, like, I was like, we need that sound too, so... <laughs> Enter Scott Storch coming into the roots, and you know, but yeah, we we don't actually they reunited with the is it Booty Brown that's not in the group? Or, I know that Fat Lip is back. Fat Lip, yeah. no, okay. Fat Lip is back. So now it's Fat okay. Lip, uh, Trey. It's never everybody. It's never everybody. And Imani, yeah, man, I, that frustrates me so much. Me too. Man. Me too. Like no. now, I just, I just love what they did. And I just would really like it when people are talking about that era. They would get a little bit more because they I really I saw how much they influenced a lot of the rappers that came right. after mm-hmm. them in, on the West Coast. All right. Um, my gift to hip hop is I, I got to start a life yeah. coaching service for <laughs> rappers. No, it's real. Like I'm currently I don't know, even know if I should say this. I'm trying to get my life coach to talk to both run and D. Uh, okay. About how much valuable time they are wasting, mm. because I mean, Run DMC is like our Rolling Stones, yo, and mm-hmm. for them to just—it's it, a communication really. issue. And I've talked to both of them, and they're down to like, yeah, okay, I'll do the life coach. Like, like, like hip hop needs this, and if if you can. I see what I mean, you're saying. You so you got to get the guys together. You basically saying oh, to yeah. here, they got to be together so that we can champion them, so then they can really win, and we can champion yeah. them like a lot of these other legends. Yes, I got. It. So right now, the far side is back as the far side, although technically now they spell it with an F and not hmm. a PH. So I'm assuming. <laughs> wait a minute. Ah, it's some legal oh, shit, bro. Yeah, Fonte, his head. You don't. You don't know what's happening right now with the. Like, I had no idea none of this was happening. Not with that. Yeah, so they, they're they now, if you go on their Instagram page as the far side, two words, F A R S I D E. Like the cartoon? Right, oh, yeah. snap. Like, right. Like, how is that more legal than whatever? <laughs> yeah. But, whatever. yeah, it's, it's three fourths of them are, are back now. So. Were you and Brass, were y'all pursuing music at the same time at that time coming up? Um, was Or were you just, were you like actually trying to uh, singing as well and he was rhyming or how was y'all no. doing? I was pursuing <laughs> him. He was pursuing music. <laughs> <laughs> like, did he know you I could sing? Or... I love it. <laughs> no, he didn't really know. Like, I didn't really, I, um, I did wardrobe for years. Like, I would be around, I mean, Hype did my first video. I would be around Hype. He didn't. He didn't know, like everybody they just didn't know because Hype Williams? That yeah. And he did I, I would be around Hype Williams. I would be around all kind of executives because I did wardrobe. I would be with Raz at different places. I mean, I just didn't talk about that because it was his time it was his time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm from the South. 
You know, so I'm one of those women that's like, okay, you do those, and I trust that when it's my time, we'll, I'll do mine. You know what I mean? But we're going to focus on you right now. But just focus this stuff, okay? Back to me, so I have to go figure it out by myself. But he did introduce me to the guy that did my um, first album with me. But he we did, I, he didn't even know I really sing like that. I mean, I may have, he may have heard me singing a little bit. And, you know, I think I may have done some singing. Because the teacher come do this song because he knew I could sing a little. But it wasn't something that I made a big deal about. Did it weird him out when you finally became transparent with your voice and sort of came out the shadows like, okay, I'm singing, I'm pursuing this? Did it? No, I don't think it weirded him out. I just remember uh, we weren't together at this point. He introduced me to the guy, Paul Pauly, that I did the first time. We started working, Paul Pauly started working, and then he was supposed to be involved. He was supposed okay. to be involved, but I think it was just like, oh... This is my baby mama. She's singing. You know what okay. I mean? So he didn't really pay attention. And I, I remember one day we were driving somewhere. And he was like, this is really good. We're going to make a lot of money. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> and I No, I only ask that because, yeah, I, I dated someone who never revealed to me that she was a classically trained pianist. <laughs> oh, wow. So I accidentally. How long, Quest? Did you date That's her? Strange. It was like it was like two years. Like I, I think I shared this story before, where I I was late for a sound check, had to circle back to the hotel, and I I was in one of those suites that had a piano in it. Uh uh-uh, uh, you ain't telling. And she was just. I mean, it was like a couple of steps steps above like for a lease. I mean, it wasn't like. It was like. Like I walked in the room, and I'm like. What is this? It's like two years. Like you didn't tell me, you know, I play piano. So, yeah, that that was that was weird to me. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like, did you hold it back for no, so long? No, no, like, he okay. knew because I was. He knew I could have like a little. He knew I could sing a little because he would hear me around the house singing, okay. you know, little things like that. So you said that your first entry into the business wasn't even with singing; it was with fashion first. Yeah, my best friend was a wardrobe. She still is to this day a designer, uh, Nadra Kinsey. She was a wardrobe stylist at the time, and um, I needed money. I got laid off from my job from sitting there surfing the internet too long. I was bored. What were you? What and was your job beforehand? I was an administrator, a assistant administrator at um, a uh, a uh, architectural firm that okay. built built a high. Oh, I was bored as shit, girl. <laughs> and the internet was new, so I would just be on the internet. Looking at anything I could look at, and this is back when it was dial up. So, oh man, I, oh, wow, so you tying up, you tying up their phone. <laughs> wow, not only am I tying hey, up their phone, I'm shocked the, that she's not an okay player, yo. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm, right. I'm shocked she's not a vet. Yeah, <laughs> talk about can you talk about being a stylist in like that moment? First of all, when you felt comfortable enough to make the transition and let people know, were you slowly letting people know? Like, would you sing a little bit while you're just, you know, fixing an outfit and somebody was like, no. hey, girl, nah. no. No, and, and maybe that's what you're supposed to do, but I think that's corny and shit. I think whatever you're there to do, that's what you do. Do that job. You know? Okay. Yes, that's how I feel. So I would be there putting on somebody's shoes or rolling down, you know, and I, even with like guys trying to talk to you or whatever, I, I just always kept it as a job. That's how I take care of my sons, you know? So I just kept it as a job. And like I said, I would be around these different people, dancers, singers, artists, all this stuff. And they go, hey, teacher, what about? And if you smoke cannabis, if you're in a on, on video sets, you're going to be in a circle with all kind of people. Right. So they know you. 
We you know, the music we're, universal. Yeah, we're yeah. smoking together. Once you're in a cycle with somebody, that's your best mm-hmm. friend. You know? Talk about so, <laughs> so we would all be around smoking, doing, you know, in between, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But I just never mentioned it because, first of all, I'm shy, which nobody knows that. <laughs> no, I, I can shy. Tell I can believe it. I can, I when it comes to her talent, I believe you're, t- you're shy. I'm that's shy why about, I, I'm, I don't like rejection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if someone was to tell me I wasn't good, it was going to either get violent or sad. What are the two? I was going God to the choir hit you. Look at Tedra Moses. True <laughs> Sagittarius energy. Yes. And yeah, you see him a little overly hot. Violent or sad? Like, Violent. Just, you <laughs> went full Kiki Wyatt on us. Okay. No, just, no, no. Just, I'm better now. But, but the thing is, you know, back then, I didn't love. <laughs> Wait a minute. She did not. She just said, I was young. I was young, you know, but no one knew. No one knew because I was just doing my job. And I just was appreciative of what I was doing at that time. And I, I remember uh, Raz and I broke up and that's when I started pursuing it because it was like, I can't just, I saw my friend doing what she loved and I stopped, I stopped doing uh, um, the wardrobe styling because I broke my leg. And mm. while I was sitting there on downtime and, and collecting my $1,800 a month in um, the, what do you call it? Workers' comp. Workers' comp. I was like, girl, you got to figure something out. And did y'all have the twins at that point? Y'all, oh, yeah, the twins, the twins were, were full-fledged in this thing. I was, they were like three years old. Oh, I was, wow. t- you know, Raz and I weren't together. I was pretty much taking care of by myself. And it was like, you got to figure this out. Because I I couldn't, I couldn't like go work at the post office. I would be one of those people that killed everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't do yeah. that. But did you I know you could write something. a song? Did you but know? she's better now. Yeah, and I'm like, but did you know? <laughs> no, when I say this, I'm saying that from the standpoint People, you can't stifle things in you. You can't like suppress these things. Oh, it yeah. may come out wrong. It's gonna you know? come out in one out. way or the other. And, and it might not be good. So I, um, I did know I could write songs because I would get all the Raz would get these packs from Dave J Dilla, and that's who I would write over. I would write over unreleased J Dilla beats, and I didn't even know who the fuck J Dilla was. <laughs> so wow. wow. When he was getting these tracks, I didn't know. I was just singing over them, and I loved um, like Water for Chocolate. I love that album so much. And eventually he told me, oh, that's the same deal that did, you know, and it came together. But I wrote so many songs over Jay. I wrote like maybe to one beat, three to four songs, because that's what I had. <laughs> did you, <laughs> you tell, J- I mean? did you and Jay Dilla ever, did he ever know that? Like, did you no, ever? No, I didn't, I, I know. I never met this man. Oh, I didn't, man. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. I just loved music. And so what Raz would have, I would go through whatever he had. And he, he I remember he particularly, had this CD from Jay Dilla, and I would play those that CD over and over and write songs to those. Um, I would write over Prince records. I would write over already written songs that I would just hear the music and start to formulate my own song over the music. That's harder. That's that's harder than a lot of people realize to like write over. Oh God, yeah, to oh, take like a song ghost, that's ghost like a style. Yeah, yeah, like to just take something that's already established and just write a new song over that to hear that in a different way. Like that's yeah, that's I a forget. skill. I and that's what she did. I did that often. I just, yeah. you know, I don't know if you guys ever were in a place where you couldn't do it or it didn't seem like a realistic thing for you. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do yeah. it however I could do it because it was in me and it needed to come out to the point that it was making me depressed and sad. I didn't even know mm-hmm. why. You know, so I just had to do it and I would just take Brad's computer or, and put in his CD and just start his CDs of beats and start writing, writing songs. Can I ask one question? Because the thing is, is this might be the only chance that we get to ask a former stylist a question. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And I'm also, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, 
I'm a I'm a Kenya Barris supporter and completist, so you know Zoe's character on on Grownish is a stylist now. Yes, she is. Oh, good for you, Amir. Okay. And, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm supporting all my Ken, Kenya Barris projects. You know, thick and thin. But my question is, what is the process of being? Well, first of all, who who are your clients were these established? Yeah. Music quant- oh yeah. No, we we were Will Smith's uh, styling team for about two two to three years. Um, oh wow. Police, Nas, Ooh. R. Kelly. These are good Baby looks. Face. These are looks. Yeah, we would. My friend, she had two of us from high school. We were just high school friends, like having fun, you know. And so she was the key. Nanja was the key. My other, we were all three best friends. Nanja was the key. I was um, more administrative, mm. and my friend Maisha Long, she was also like a second in line for like uh creative and um we would kind of like the mod squad i don't know if you ever heard of the mod squad with june mm-hmm. ambrose yeah we were kind of like that and um you know we would be on different different sets she would have three jobs going at a time i'm on this set this one on the set we got assistance under the, you know we had a whole thing moving how do you secure like okay so for me my my crock obsession's getting a little crazy now <laughs> so how do you secure accounts from Digo to like to, from established companies and also from newer people? Like, how do you call them? You just call them. <laughs> so you back then, that's all we had to do was call them, send them a letter, let them know that we're working, fax them back then a letter, let them know that we're working on something. And if they were interested in that artist, they would um, send us product. And back then, you know, back then it was like lots of money involved. They gave you, People were giving a lot of things away, so we could well, go to the top clients. You had yeah, top clients. Yeah, we did. We, I know, but even when we would come in with a new, maybe because we had top clients, when mm-hmm. we come in with a new artist, we could get them all stuff. I mean, we would do projects sometimes and pay for nothing because we could get so much stuff for free from these different um, companies. You just kind of, we just reached out. But also know that it's problematic where an artist will like an article or garment a little bit too much, and then you're not going to see it again. <laughs> yeah, I've been, okay, so I've been part if, of many video shoots where it's like, where are those Jordans at? You know, that sort of ooh. thing. So Yeah, but it, it now in the product place placement situation, they're giving it to you. Now when you're when you go into a studio service, which is, you know, you probably know this little you go and you uh have to pull clothes from, you know, the different department stores or Gucci or whoever, they let out the clothes on consignment. This is where the problems came That's in. That's what I was asking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the problems where, came Where in. the rapper's boy, where the boys are like, you know. Jewelry and then what do you do? somebody have to stand next to for all day uh, or put it in your bosom or something because uh, they will literally try to take it. And then, you know, you would be on sets with rappers that have like 50 dudes from the hood and you're in the hood. You're not just, you're in Queensbridge with 50 people that's here that's supposed to be here, then hundreds of others that's not. And... Five foot two, 110 pounds, I have to protect this whole trailer full of merchandise that's probably up to about a cool $100,000, you know? Wow. So, like, you know. You been in a situation before, Deidre, where you, you was like, I'm not well, really... Let me tell you something. People don't mess with me. Queensbridge, okay. so. That's a, <laughs> no, but you heard what she said to me. She said people never, ever, not even test it. Not even test it. No, because it's like at the end of the day, I come from a place where I know what's going on. Yeah. You know? So when I see... And I also talk to people with respect 
and tell people what's really going on. Like, I got kids to feed. Don't mess me up. You take this stuff, then I mess. You know, I got to come out of my pocket and you take it out my, you know. So you talk to people like they're like, oh, baby girl, it's all good. You know, I got you. And if I could get you something, if I, you know, because it would be like some free sneakers. Here you go. Take this. This is what you get. You can't have this. This has to be paid for. Just common sense. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Oh. Street sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Converse chucks. Thank you, Tidra. I appreciate this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can I, just, can I ask my style, one more stylist question? Like, on that note, since you talked about being in ciphers and being on sets and whatnot did your experiences as a stylist uh kind of make you a little apprehensive about entering the music business or were was it like okay i feel like maybe i know a little extra because i've been around on the other side well, yeah yeah no it didn't make me apprehensive as much as it just made like these people are crazy mm-hmm. you know as hell and, yeah they're crazy <laughs> and it's different you know what i mean so like i learned then this is not real world like you're from a place where when someone says Hey, teacher, I, you know how you talk? They really mean that. They mean mm-hmm. it. When I'm from in New Orleans, your face is, what you see on somebody's face is what it is. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in this situation where you cannot tell who's real, who's or not, what the intentions what, are. You know, so then I just got to this place where I just assume everybody's fake. It's better that way. <laughs> Surprise me. Yeah. Surprise me. Surprise, Surprise me. <laughs> and it helped me moving forward, to, and, and it helped me moving forward in the music to realize that. They're way more of the people than I thought. You know, when you start out thinking everybody's a little phony and fake, then when you start to meet genuine people and you connect with your tribe, it, it gets really cool. So it helped me to think that I could endure it knowing what I was getting into. How did you make the transition from styling to songwriting? Um, I broke my leg. I broke my leg. We were doing a job in like Topanga Canyon or something like that. And I had taken time off and I was losing my first job back because now I'm hating style. You know, I got to the point where I was hating style, just like I was hating. What, what I was, was the hating. straw that broke the camel's back? I broke my leg. I was well, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> I kind of made the claim, but it okay, I get it. Okay. <laughs> it was my favorite And I just kind of like, with, I, I was healing up to go back to something that not, I, I loved working with my friends and all this stuff, but as much as I like clothes, I like putting them on myself. I'm not, I'm not a person of service type of person, you know, I'm really an artist, you know, I'm really an artist. So it was just strange for me to kind of want to do this, not open up my mouth and tell anybody I want to do it, but I'm putting clothes on people that are doing it and no envy of them. It just became very frustrating. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And God literally broke my leg and sat me down and made me have to figure out what I really wanted to do and come to terms with, because I already knew, just come to terms with, like, go for it. Raz did something real foul to me. He just had to help me. He didn't have a choice. He did something so foul that he didn't have a choice to deny me what I was asking. And that's kind of how it started. Our from eyes from right the song, right? Yeah. So, okay, without getting into what he did. So, when you say he, you know, he did you, was that, did he put you on in some way, like with a job or songwriting? He or? just introduced me to someone. The first person I went to sit down with before I even went to go make my album was Rodney Jerkins. Mm. He was oh, working okay. on my friend, my friend, um, you guys have to pardon me. I smoke a lot of cannabis and my brain cells be trying to get it together. But my friend, um, he works with, uh, cause at the time we had worked with Will Smith for years and, um, my friend, he worked with Will Smith. And so he put me, he he knew lots of different producers and he was really good friends with Rodney Jerkins. And he just would hear things. I don't know how he knew I wrote. Maybe I was, maybe I recorded something over a beat or whatever and I let him hear because he was my friend. So I didn't mind letting him hear it or whatever. And he was like, yo, teacher, come 
he's writing for um, Destiny's Child. He's working for Destiny's working on Destiny's Child's album right now. Come to the studio and meet Rodney and blah, 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 blah. And that's like the first person I sat down with. And I think that's when got, uh, uh, Rat started to take it serious that I might really start doing this, you know? And then when that thing happened and then he just was like, okay, cool. I'll introduce you to Paul Pauly. And Paul Pauly and I just started kind of getting a vibe going. And Paul Pauly, I don't think, thought I was that good. He was like, you got to sing more. You got to push more. You got blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, I don't really want to do that. But okay, I'll try because <laughs> I just wanted to... I just wanted to make music and we just kind of started going from there, but I don't know. Was Paul, was he, well, well, before we get into that, which is your songwriting stuff, um, Dip It Low, how did that come mm-hmm. about? All of my songwriting came about while I was working with Paul Pauly, working okay. on my album. They were all songs for me. Every song I gave away until I started to actively write songs for others, which I learned I wasn't really good at writing for other people. I was better at writing songs for myself and then letting them fit into my outfit. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's where all of my songs came from that. Is it hard writing for other people because, you know, you would have to know their life experience in order to speak for them? I think Quest is like, goes back to being a stylist. I ain't really want to do it. And I'm a Sagittarius oh. and it's like, we really want to do what we want to do. We so help it on doing what we want to do. So when I would sit down to write for people, I don't think I cared enough about what their experience was, you know? Like I didn't get it, I didn't care enough to get into them. I had to literally write for people that were just singing my songs. It was so hard for me to try to figure out what this little young pop girl want. I just had to just put myself in that place. I couldn't consider her, you know? Even even if it's a situation of a big client that, you know. Yeah, Mary J. Blige. I put myself in Mary J. Blige's place, you know. I couldn't be married. Plus, I probably could be married because, you know, she raised all of us. You know what I mean? So, but the thing is, like, I had to put, I my way of learning how to do it was to say, okay, you become this. Now, you become this. Because trying to pull it out of them or have these kind some people, it's just like a styling. Some people don't know what they want to say. Yeah. You know, some people don't know what they want to do. You got to give it it's to them. Very, yeah, you know, it's very hard to pull personality and all this stuff out of it because you have to understand it also at this time, we're doing better now. This time when I was writing, it was trash out there. So <laughs> I'm coming in and I'm singing this song and it sounds so great. And the AR is like, oh, and I was like, I love it. I love it. I love it. This is great. This is great. This is great. But the bitch can't sing. <laughs> so now, that, now she's trying to sing the song and you hate the song. And you hate it. And now you're looking at me. You're looking you, at me, and I'm I did at my you. job. <laughs> Are you there nine times out of ten uh, for the vocal tracking? Like, do they want you there? Sometimes, to... sometimes, and okay. then sometimes not. But if I'm there, you know what I'm doing, Quest. I'm putting the voice on it. I'm just gonna layer myself all over this thing. We gonna sound good. And it's gonna be good. Nah, straight up. And that straight was up. a trick. That Is was that... a trick. Just Are y'all twins? Yourself all in there. You know what, Fonte? I'm, I'm, you know, it just really hit me. Amir, are you peeping that, like, even fear and journey and everything? I'm really, I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, Tisha and Fonte are parallel. Dude, I, I, everything we're she's like, saying. We're like best friends in our heads. Straight up and down. We, and her, we didn't talk on Twitter about doing something. Listen, no, Why everything you're saying. Nothing? It's coming. It's coming. Okay. We just, you okay. know, for the right time, but it's coming. But okay. no, seriously, everything you're saying, Tidra, that was exactly like what I saw kind of like working as a songwriter. And it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I done wrote the song. I done sang it. I done tracked it, produced it. I might as well keep this shit for me. You know what I'm saying? Like rather than sending it to whoever else and 
And I you mean, spent I, a lot of money. I wasn't, I've never been signed to a publishing company. So nobody was putting me in the studios. This is before home studios and all that. I'm spending all this money to go in these studio to write these songs now. You know what I mean? I'm spending all my money going to studio. Sometimes I would go in and they will put me in or whatever. But when you're gunning to just get a song to an art, artist, you're, you're going to go and be proactive and, you know, figure it out yourself. And then you're loving it. You're loving it. You love it. You love it. And then we go in and she can't sing it and you're mad at me. And I just never understood that. Like I said, we're doing better now. We're getting artists that can actually perform, you know, but back then it was rough. Yeah, that was why I think like, we saw like pre-auto tune. <laughs> so they weren't even auto tuning these girls, you know? Oh, <laughs> I was boy. like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, that was why I think we saw like in like the early 2000s, like when you saw like Neo, um, Carrie Hilson, um, yeah. who else? like Sean Garrett, like Sean you started Garrett. seeing those songwriters kind of become artists. Like I saw that shit coming. I'm like, wow, all the work that they doing. Yeah, they might as well put the shit out on And show. let me add this, Fonte. The producers getting 40,000 a track and I'm getting. Let's talk about it. Let's talk all the way about it. <laughs> right. Let's, let's hear y'all talk about it. Talk about yeah. the process. <laughs> Man, so, well, I'll let teacher. Yeah, go in. You know, you're not getting paid. You're not getting paid to the producer gets paid for making a track. He gets a, a front end in the back. And I don't know if it's changed now because I don't really write for people like that no more. My piece is with myself. No, nah, it's worse. But, but, it's, it's even worse. But, I don't but, do it anymore either, but it's, it's, yeah, it's trash. So you don't write on spec anymore. That's what songwriters are. Songwriters are supposed to write on spec. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a work for hire person. I'm just not there. He said she never good. been a publishing company. I found that like, whoa, okay. No, and I own my own stuff, so I'm gonna eat either way because people like me, and I can just sell my own stuff, and I'll be all right. Take us on what's the beginning or the genesis of what we now know as complex simplicity. <laughs> like the moment where you're like, all right, yeah, I'm go. doing this shit on my own. <laughs> I'm ready. Listen, this you is the part ready. I've been waiting for. Let's go. So that's just the thing, right? Yeah. Family's complete. We're not coming back after this, right? It's, it's done. We're not doing this after that. But I did take them back because, you know, that's how it was. But I moved to a new place left and we get back together. And then I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. He introduces me to this producer. But in this interim of us not being together and the producer, me meeting the producer, my mom dies. That's my whole world. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my family is everything to me. I was 24 something like that i have these two sons the father is not he didn't want kids he told me that or something is what it is and um i'm stuck and it literally was like i don't know how else to explain it but it was like i wasn't gonna breathe unless i got this stuff out of me you know i wasn't gonna breathe unless i got all this pain out of me and that's really what it came from me just writing Going every day to Paulie's house in Glendale, and I lived in Pasadena, which is very close to each other in LA, and going to his house every day and just, you know, first of all, the night before, sitting, standing in front of the mirror the entire time, just writing songs, singing to myself, you know, writing songs, because trying to make myself happy, I was very sad. And then going in the next day and laying these songs. And I remember we got down to um, this song that was called, um, What's the last song on my album? Do you remember the one to Mama? Complex. Yeah, it was uh, out of my head. I think of you. I think of you. Yeah. Shout out to Cannabis. But anyway, so I, 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 uh, not the rapper. I was, I was trying to, uh, I was trying to perform it in the studio, and I just kept falling. That they were, they felt so bad for me. 
I literally would just keep trying to sing it. And if I would get one note out, I would fall down to the ground and just start crying because it was just a year after she had passed. And I really, when I look back in retrospect, Plus, it was just me just trying to get all this pain. I didn't care about none of y'all hearing this record. I didn't care about if it was going to be number one. That's why people when see people say, oh, we wish this would have. I had no, you have to put intentions behind things. I had no intention but to get it out. Just to get it what out. Happened to, what happened to it, I didn't care. And then when uh, one day, Paulie was dropping me off at my house and he was leaving. I was like, we should call it simplistic. Or something. I said it backwards. I said something like simple <laughs> complexity or something like that. And he was like, yeah, complex simplicity. Yeah. And then I started to think about it like maybe about a year after it came out. And it was like literally what my life was at that time. It was literally what my life was at that time. Complex simplicity. I was just life happens, but I didn't understand that. I was too young to understand people die. Your man cheat and do horrible things to you. He might not even say you got kids. You know, I wasn't equipped at all for the life I have fallen into and uh complex simplicity was the beginning of me starting to understand my path and how I had to go it was like literally like I guess it's just that was the diary of me growing up talk about Paul Paulie because I never knew like I mean I had never seen him produce I don't know if he did anything after that but your record was the first time I really saw him you know uh really featured in that way what was what was his story and what was his background? Uh, he is Armenian and okay. um, comes from wealth. His family owned like Jewish stores and stuff like that. But he loved music. He loved music okay. so much. And I think the thing I knew that he did before Complex Simplicity that did really well was that's the joint, that's the jam. Time to show up. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did yeah, do that. He did, did Joseph Jam's Black Eyed Peas, right? Yeah, he did that, and he worked with Raz, and you know, and I wasn't really eager to work with him. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't at all. But the first, the very first song that he, uh, the fir very first beat he gave me was Call, uh, not Caution. Um, I want to be not less than wife. What song is that? complex and simplicity for a second because i wanted to ask you a question about songs like mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you you know you said you were in the, the studio crying and i was looking at the list and i was like you'll never find which could technically be like one of those songs but it comes so hard and i was mm -hmm. curious about the the story behind that song too like yeah and it, i guess it's all right yeah how much of this is autobiographical I, i'm guessing all, all of it is which is y'all at good. the time i didn't i didn't know that at the time they would be like this song about rest i'm like no it's not 
Because mm-hmm. it was pouring out so naturally, I didn't think it was about anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? I just it was pouring out. And um, you'll never find um, what's the the lady, I can't stand the rain. What's her and name? Peoples. And, and Peoples. And Peoples. It's an Ann Peoples sample. And she was seeing, you know, on that record, the sample that we sampled, you know, you'll never find a better woman or a bigger fool. So we mm-hmm. knew, I knew that's what I was going to build off of when he told me the sample, man, you should hear. Me and Paulie had this great thing. Like, mm, I've never had this before in my life. The same thing like when me and Raz had this great thing and I've never had it again. It's like these two, those two guys, we had this connection. It was something different. And with Paulie and the music side, we would sit there and like get so excited, you know what I mean? So excited about the music. So he he let me hear the sample, and he was let me hear where it came from, and he let me hear what he did. It was really amazing, and I was like, and he was just using a, I think he used a bit of her singing in it, and I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna speak from that because I was going through a bunch of shit in my relationship at the time, and I was leaving. I hadn't left yet. I mean, I was like one foot in, one foot out. You know, when you're a um, mother of somebody's children, they kind of got access to you probably up until five. So I always tell my homegirls, like, if he got a baby mama, he's still smashing yeah. until she was kids about five. Because that's just kind of how it goes. Just how it goes. I don't know why, but it does. Yo, you know? my taste <laughs> face right now. <laughs> Hey, listen, hey, hey, I fuck with T.J. Moses. Huh? That's what I'm saying. Twins, twins. <laughs> so this is essentially. Wait, can I ask? It, it, how familiar were you with Marvin Gaye's "Here, My Dear"? <laughs> and how much influence did that have? I mean, at what point did you realize that this wasn't? just an album of yours but this was your diary your social media your and but were, were I, there anything that was too tmi that you decided nope i can't put this verse on there or yeah this this is everything not for no, sale what's not for sale no i didn't i didn't have that kind of self affair coof at the time i just was doing whatever <laughs> came out <laughs> i didn't know to, to filter myself but let's let's let me tell you this i had heard here my dear great album blah 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 but not really paying attention you know I hadn't really paid attention like that right. until afterwards. Right. I was I got into it and I connected with it so very much. I heard it before, but mm-hmm. I think not until I lived that right. and then experienced it afterward. And I remember one time I pulled up the Blakesley and I was playing here my dear. I was playing here my dear and Rapper was like don't listen to that. No, I don't. You, you should listen. To that. <laughs> he was like, "Don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't listen to that. That you, you should. You, you want to be happy? Don't listen to that." I mean, it was just like I didn't know. I didn't. And to say, when you ask, when did I know it was my da- diary? Plus, I didn't know the album was that good because I I'm hard on myself, right? So I never thought it was that good. I didn't know the album was that good till about three years later. And what was yeah, so what gave wait, you the, what? what was the yeah? Well, was, how did you was, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it started coming back to me. Yeah, it started coming back to me. You know, right. and it became I mean, you know, it became the international fuck that motherfucker album. Yeah, and I live mean, your people, life. When people start coming up to you, shaking and crying, and yeah. you know, freaking you out. You say, "Oh, well, maybe you did something kind of cool." You yeah. know, maybe yeah. maybe you did something. But I never, I never took it that serious. To this day, I don't. You know, I just feel like we do things. It pours out of us. We. I feel like we're just vessels. Like a, you know, you got to open it and then you got the spout mm-hmm. and God pours into you and you pour out and that's just how it goes. So I don't hold a lot of, and I don't hold a lot of ownership 
to the accolades that come with it or the criticism. I don't hold that stuff. So I can't really hold, you know, like, oh, I did this thing. I'm just grateful I was a vessel. Talk about be your girl. That one mm-hmm. was so for us, like on the on the like the heavy hip hop side. The thing that caught me about that is it was a sample of or it was a replay of a a, a record Nas did called One on One, which was it was on the Street Fighter soundtrack, which like that so shit random. was crazy, right. so random. Like it wasn't like a big Nas record, but it was you know if you knew it, you knew it. And right. so I was like, oh damn, she's singing over that. Then the beat drop, I was like, oh shit, she's singing, singing. Like this shit is hard. So how did that one get chosen to be the single? And kind of what was that trajectory like? to see that record kind of go up. The label chose it as the single. Um, I thought it was slow. First of all, I didn't want to be so mellow. Y'all see, I got this hyper, I, I could have been a rapper. You know what I mean? I have such a hyper personality. So I didn't want to be so mellow. That's where Paulie came in to like smooth me out. You know what I mean? He would be like, well, his number one question would always, and it annoyed the shit out of me. He would always be like, would Aaliyah sing this? Would Aaliyah sing this? Would, would Aaliyah do this? And I'm like, why do you keep, cause I wasn't really, I wasn't like, you know, simp- like soft like that and sensual like that. I mean, maybe I was and I just didn't see it. You know what I mean? Because my friend would always tell me that's always been you. But I didn't see it. So um, when that when we first started on that beat, it had these dirty, dirt, way dirtier drums, like kind of grimy sounding, not not so like they didn't crack like the ones that are actually on the record. And Raz did that. Raz, um, he was like, put the Mary Jane girls drums on it instead, you know? And that's kind of how that came about. And the Street Fighter thing, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I didn't know that that was a sample from Nas singing, I don't know. I just would watch Belly every day, multiple times. (laughs) Multiple times sitting on my couch, smoking a joint. While in, probably sipping some type of two buck chuck from Trader Joe's. Yes, and, the shawl. Um, yes, the shawl. <laughs> the shawl. The shawl. <laughs> yes, bro. This is the days when you just have to find a little coin to get through, you know? And so I would sit there and I would watch it and I just got so infatuated with Nas. Like, I made this idea about who this man was that probably really wasn't him. And then I just got into like listening to his music gotcha. and all of this stuff, you know? And I was, <laughs> I was so, 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 so into him that I just started writing this song, you know, with him in mind. Like, you know, it wasn't so much particular. Oh, God. Amir, my least favorite quote. But where was he going? Where was he going? Where was he going? I put my money money where my mouth is. I have a closet full of 20 Africans. I knew that. I was like, yo, I'm going to make me some Africans for our (laughs) T-shirts. I'm my only client. I got like 20 Africans for our T-shirts in my closet right now. Yo. That is my yeah. gym shirt. My pajamas. Nah. Yeah. Um. So with uh, TVT, I wanted to ask you particularly, what was their deal as a label? I knew them particularly uh, from just doing all Lil John stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Television what were your dealings too. with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, TV tunes. What was your relationship with them and how was how did it go with them? So I went through, um, I don't think I ever told anybody this. So I went through a production company that was uh, Paul Pauly and a guy named Dubs. I don't know Dubs' last name. And sorry, Dubs, but I'm going to tell the truth. So <laughs> tell it. I went through them and and what happened was they signed me to TVT. I really didn't want to go to TVT because, you know, I've been working with, um, I've been working with all these major labels and I really didn't want to go to TVT. 
Um, but I did pray and ask God to send me the best place, and I definitely think that was the best place because I'm a natural born in the August. So we went over there to them, and also a lot of other places, they liked me, but they didn't want me to write my whole album. I know I no one knew who I was, but I knew I had to sit. It was the whole point was for me to write the album, even more than singing it. I wanted to write it, you know? And so they agreed for me to do that. And um, Brian, shout out to Brian Leach, who is the owner of Polo Grounds with ASAP Rocky and all of them now. Um, he uh, was the A&R at the time. And he really, really, you know, fought for me really, really hard and, and took care of me while I was there. But <laughs> I signed to them direct. I didn't sign to them direct. I went through Bridge Entertainment, this production company, because that's back when that's what people would do. You would go through a production company. And Dubs tried to flip my advance in the street. <laughs> wow. then, Wait. Uh, can you... <laughs> to break it down okay. for the people that be slightly more transparent okay he but tried not to, transparent to the point of he tried to, prison yeah 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 well yeah he tried to cop he, he didn't go <laughs> he ended up going yeah oh <laughs> so he wow he tried to okay. cop bricks with my money honey and so he, he yes he tried to flip my my advance and ended up going to jail and then i'm just here and Doug, and paulie was the music guy he was the business guy so I'm just here and it's just me and TVT and shout out to Brian Leach because he took me and my partner, my sister Tamia, and he just took us under his wing, kind of just looked out for us because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't even know. We, we had no clue what was going on. And he kind of just took us in and looked out for us. And um, Steve Gottlieb was like nuts, but I dealt with him really well because I didn't have expectations. See, when you come in and you've gone through one the one on one of the music people, you know, and mm-hmm. these Hollywood people and all stuff, you know they're crazy already. So I knew he was crazy, but but he did give me what I needed. You know, I think I was the first I think Lil John was kinda of pissed because I was like the first one to get like a certain amount of money for a video. But but I need I wanted Hype Williams. They were so happy to be a small label to get Hype Williams that they just gave him, you know, and it was still a discount. Believe right, me. Right, right, right. The discount, price. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. So um TBT, I have no Qualms, people have such bad things to say about the people that put them on because it didn't go right. You wouldn't be here without those people. So I have nothing bad to say about TVT. Shout out to Steve Gottlieb. And I love Brian Leach. He's one of my really, really good friends. TVT was very, very good to me. And I think it was a great place for me as well to hone my skills. Because like I told you, the first song I ever wrote was on my first album. So I hadn't been doing it long. So I got time to just like go in the studio and a lot of times I was using their money to write songs for other people that I'm supposed to be working on my own yes, album, you know? Yeah. So they mm-hmm. helped me a lot. Brian Leach would just put me in the studio, any city I'm in. I would be like, I'm in such and such. Can you put me in the studio? He would put me in and I would just hone my skills. And you know, the more you do anything, the better you get at it. So TVT was a great college. Mm-hmm. And while you're doing all this, where are your boys? How are you handling uh, being a mom? Uh, I lived in California with, at that time I lived in, um, we live in an area called Altadena and we literally live okay. like, Two streets over from each other we all it's like a little uh, uh above pasadena a little neighborhood nestled into the into the mountains and we they would look out for me my mom was sick she was probably she passed by that time my mom had passed by that time so she couldn't help out but my sisters would help and raz's mom she would oh, help okay. so much gotcha. like my first tour she took them stuff like that but for the most part i was being able to be there definitely able to be there i prayed and asked god that my kids would be certain kind of people and I think that that God was like okay well you're gonna have to be there you're not gonna be able to do a lot of the things these other people are doing because you have to be present for your kids and that's kind of how it happened. Does this explain why there was such a 
a long gap between albums? Um, I gotta have something to say, Quest. I would really love to be somebody that could churn it out like that. Like, I just really have to have some life experience. Like, after I did Complex Simplicity, I didn't know what to say. I just knew how to make music really good. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? How did you feel when the album was mastered in sequence and done with? Like, was it was it a purge feeling? Like, okay, I got everything out that I wanted to get out, and what now? Or cause I you wasn't I wasn't present, so I don't know. I can't tell you. Like, I was just rolling. Y'all understand? Okay, family fall apart, mom dies. Now you out here with the album. Now you on the road. Blah blah blah. I don't even have time to think about. Oh, what so you I'm get doing. time to process it. And, yeah. and then are you making sure you're making up for what you're doing? Because I'm thinking about now you're going on the road singing the same sad songs that you that you came up with, you know, that you were trying to get out of your system. That's a, Girl, that's I didn't a, give a shit no more. I didn't give a shit no more. Okay. One thing about a Sagittarius, once we get it out, this is why people can't stand No, I, I know. I'm, I'm with you one. Sagittarius I friends. Mm-hmm. Are you a Sagittarius? Are you with one? Okay, I'm, with I'm sorry, one, yes. But once we get out what we have to say, we don't care anymore. Okay. We don't care anymore. You know, like once we say Facts. what we have to say, and we can say some foul shit, Bill. and we don't mean to be so foul harsh, shit. but but once we get it out, it's done. And now it's like, come on, let me make you something to eat. Let's have a drink. Ah, it's good, yeah. you know? Yeah, so y'all I'm some assholes, and then we just left with the shit. And we like, okay, well, yeah, wait a minute, let me get my mind right now. You just dropped the bomb and right, shit. Right, like, right, oh, yeah, right. but, but what am I supposed like to do not, with that information? But it's not like I'm not offering you a drink with that information, after that information. So I'm on stage that's just true. having a good time. Yeah, that's true. Now I'm out here just having a good time. You know, that's when it just turned into so much fun, traveling all around, realizing I'm not the only crazy one. Because if you niggas are out here singing this stuff with me and you can relate, y'all just as nutty as me. So I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay i'm trying to remember this is a legendary location the album cover did you shoot that cover at the infamous do you know what the style house is uh is that okay it's a it's a i think it's a mid-century modern is that mid-century modern you're talking about the style of it the architectural style no 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 okay so it's it's kind of the house that you see in Every Hollywood movie. Yeah, what's movie. love got to do with it? You yeah, know, all yeah. those. Yeah, it's called. Oh, uh, not what's love. What was the Ricky Lyman? Is that the first place I saw? Yeah, that was uh, a. Ricky that was, uh, House. Why the fools right. fall in love? Why the fools fall in love? Yeah, that's the one I saw. It. But it's, yeah, but it's, it's, it's literally it's called um no style S T A H L and it's uh oh that's what it's called. Yeah, well, not the it's 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 just that's the location they titled it the Style House okay. and it's been used in over. You know, uh, at least 300, I mean, probably more than 500 Hollywood movies. But it's it's very recognizable. So when I saw that window and thing in your back, That's backdrop, the only part of the house that's nice looking, unless they've upgraded. Yeah, I was, 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 was going to ask you, okay, so similar to, similar to the diner that Quentin Tarantino used in Pulp Fiction, which mm-hmm. is another kind of Hollywood staple, like this, this diner is never used to serve food. It's only used for movie houses to look like it's a diner. But I went in there once and it looked horrible. I w- always wanted to know, like, if that house was vintage or was it classic or empty When or... I was there, um, there was still a lady living there. I mean, I don't know if it was this old couple, but the old lady was still in there. And I, I ended up seeing, I saw her in her bed and, like, she was kind of sick or whatever. But they had, like, carpeted and it was kind of mil- like only one that part 
that part of the house where the window is in that area, that's the only part of the house that was nice. I'm sure now they probably invested more money in it to make it better. But when or I was there, not. I was Really? Or maybe not, because it was it was doing what it was doing either way, you know. It's supposed to look like it's nineteen sixty or sixty five, so that's not the part I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other part of the house where it's okay for it to look nice nineteen sixties, but there were technical issues like mildew carpet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these things can be changed out. You could put more carpet and still be nineteen sixty. So how how did your what was the most apparent change? in your life now that you made the transition from you know not being a singer to being well known uh in singing like what was the what were the pros and cons of your 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 newfound transition the pros as a writer i started making a lot of money okay i was really cool i was literally without a place to live. I say homeless, but I was without a place to live because I could live with family, right? But I didn't have anywhere to live. I had to, um, I got evicted. Well, I didn't get evicted, but I had to leave before I got evicted. And me and the kids were just kind of like staying where we could. And then like a $300,000 check came. Hey. And it just, then it just started coming every few months, more and more and more. And that was, and was cool. that that was all that, songwriting money, royalties from songs songwriting. Because you have to understand, nobody was like checking for complex and pussy like that. That was just you know, artists. That, I mean, that was probably like a little sprinkle in there somewhere, yeah. but it wasn't like the bulk of it. And um, that was really really cool. That was cool to like go from having nothing and and to see that like your intellect, your intellectual property could garnish this. And um. People started to come at me, you know, to kind of sign publishing. It felt very cool, cool to say, "No, I'm okay." So, you know, song, right song placement money is good money if you can place it on the right artist. Yes, and I also think you gotta own your publishing because if somebody if somebody gave you a check and now they taking, you know, uh-huh. Steve Bowie used to tell me he used to always try to get my publishing. He would say, "Teacher, you must not believe in yourself." Who? You don't believe in it. Steve, Steve Gottlieb, Gottlieb, the owner, okay. the owner right. of uh, TBT. TBT. He would say, he would say, you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe in yourself. Why wouldn't you sell your publishing? You must not believe in yourself. Hmm? And I would nah. really laugh like that. I would laugh. I, just I believe like in myself. That's why I'm not selling the shit. Right. Like, you understand? What I'm saying? So that was my that was my biggest change. And then um, because you have to understand, I didn't meet people. I wouldn't walk down the street and people notice. It wasn't anything like that. Not until I got to like Europe or something. That's where people would notice <laughs> me. But I got to make money. Which really kind of, Raphael Sadiq is one of the artists that I watched and looked at and what he did. And it was kind of like, I love how his thing goes. Okay. He doesn't, Raphael can walk, Ray can walk around, be himself, yeah. himself. You know, well, every now and then somebody, eh, Raphael. Not at essence. But he doesn't get, but not at essence, yes, of course. But I mean, yeah. like, he, he, he gets people that comes up to him, but it's not like in a bothersome way he gets to do what he loves live his life make his money be a normal person you know what i mean and i saw that from the gate and i thought that was super super cool so i was kind of like not never i hate to say it but i never really wanted any type of fame i just wanted to be heard because i'm not the type of person that you can just run up in my face with cameras and talk, or say something crazy to me or and then i have to now conduct myself like a celebrity I'm not going to conduct myself like a celebrity. I'm going to conduct myself like a real person with real feelings. And I'm going to treat you according to how you treat me, no matter who you are. You know what I mean? So that was something I was really grateful for. I didn't really, I didn't want that. 
Nothing. I was, I even see that happen to people. I was just gonna say that's why it's important to share like your story. That's why it's, I mean it's it's remarkable in that way because you are that person. And the same thing I know Fonte talks about that all the time, but a lot of people don't know that like you can be a whole working successful musician and you don't have to be on every commercial, every TV thing and be happy. Unless that's what you unless want. That's what you want. want. Unless that's what you want. Unless yes. that's what yes. you want. And I think it's beautiful when people want that and they get that. But so when people ask me, you know, well, what advice you have to give to the uh, know what you want. Know mm-hmm. what you want. And, and even more so than that, want. know who you are. Like, because I think there's yeah. some people that are like, they just have that thing of like, like a Will Smith, right? Just as an example, mm-hmm. not a singer, but just will is will like he one minute he jumping out of plane and then he doing a movie and then he's discovering earth and then this nigga losing weight like <laughs> you know what i mean like he just always is doing something and and there are just so some people that are just those big personalities and then there's just some people that's just like look i just want to make what i make put it out and then y'all can leave me the fuck alone mm-hmm. and, and right, i have and, to have a second and, job and, and, and right. listen <laughs> baby don't ever say i'm not successful i get up every day and do what i want to do you know exactly. what i'm saying so that's what i'm talking about i might about. not live i might not be on the cover of your magazine i might not be the song you hear every time you come on the radio but if i wanted that please believe me i would have it i never had intention of that all i wanted to do was not work some type of job i hated and be able to take care of my kids that was it yeah that's why this isn't surprising sorry go ahead no i'm just saying that's why i was not surprising to hear her response in that way because if you're a real fan of teacher moses then you kind of kind of had a feeling it makes sense (laughs) yes yes yeah how did so um speaking of that how did your situation with uh mmg how did that come about and what was kind of the like how did that go well i lived in miami i moved to miami i think 2009 august 2009 i moved to so by 2010 i think uh ross had caught wind of me. I think he found out about me in Atlanta because Atlanta is a really huge market for me. And so um, he found out for me in Atlanta. He said some ratchet girls telling him about me or something like that. And then he reached out to me on DM because we only lived about 10 minutes, 20 minutes away from each other, something like that. He oh, asked wow. me to okay. come over and then we all hung out and it was cool, you know, and uh, that's he had, he had just gotten me, well, he hadn't signed anybody yet. He had gotten okay. me and he got Wale and he kind of was like kind of building his thing. And, um, and I would just go in and sing on stuff. And it was cool, but it just never panned into anything. Okay, gotcha. So the record, when you put out uh, Cognac and Conversation, was that stuff you recorded while, like during the MMG time, or was that just a completely different thing? It was during the MMG time, but I was never signed to them. And anything that I was doing for, like I paid for all of that, like, you know, I was taking care of that. Like it was just wow. something I was doing while I was discussing with them, you know, um, uh, if we were gonna do something or not, you know. But um, I'm like a one. I'm a I'm a woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a grown woman, so it's like mm-hmm. kind of different to have this, you know. I don't really just slip in line with everything. You know, mm-hmm. I'm teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Already I'm just teacher. The woman in the crew, the singer <laughs> of the crew. Woman, though, not girl. Mm-hmm. Woman with oh, two yeah. kids, you know. Yeah. So you know, but it, it it panned out, and I was really grateful because I would give him. I think. Probably up until like maybe two albums ago, I was seeing all over his stuff. I, I, I'm very loyal to anybody that extends a hand to me. I'm very, very loyal. If you need anything from me, you know, I'm just, I'm, if you have ever done anything to be helpful to me, I'm always here. And so I would sing on his stuff or whatever. So people thought I was still connected because I was singing on oh, his stuff. Oh, okay, gotcha. Was, it, was the process different in this record in that um, you worked with one producer uh, yes, for the last album? Very. And multiple producers for this record. Yes, very much so because I did tons of mixtapes before that album came out, mm-hmm. right? 
And so I was kind of like, it was just a really like a, it was like a on the ground. That was the one for me. Like that was it. Yeah, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But I would do these mixtapes. And I think because like I said, the first album I did, you have to understand I had, not only did I have Paul Pauly, I had Neo. Mm-hmm. And I had Paul Pauly and Neo, and they were helping me through this process of creating the album. Then I didn't have that anymore. And then, so now I'm just making these mixtapes and I'm kind of learning how to make an album through exercising, making mixtapes, making all these mixtapes. So by the time I get to Cognac and Conversation, that's just the mood I'm in. But I kind of just gather, I make music constantly, always making music. I'll start and just be like a verse and a hook. That'll lay there for two years, you know? And then I'll come back to it and the verse and the hook becomes that. And then I listen to the music and now, now I make doing more to the music and things like that. And that's kind of how the process was for Cognac and Conversation. I didn't have this pain to pour out. It was more so just like music coming out mm-hmm. than these these feelings. Do you Yo, understand what I'm saying? So was that hard for you? Because that was very that was yeah that was something that was tough. Like learning how to when you're used to I guess creating from a place of pain or trauma or like a bad relationship. Yeah, I got whatever. the whole Mary Blake J. Blige thing. The more right. pain I'm in, the better the music's <laughs> gonna be. <laughs> it really is. It's really whack, you know, to the point to where I'll thrust myself into some bullshit Mm-mm. to feel something. Just for oh, just for the jam. I was gonna ask. I had to learn. You're not the first person I know that keeps their ex on standby. Well, no, no, I'm not saying you said that, but I know people that yeah, actually said, I, I got to get with my ex real quick. No, I, I, I know people that actually spend their ex on sta- Right. Get their ex on standby so they can finish this last verse or something. Like, I, need, I need some toxic tales. You know, it, it really what it is, is like you need to feel because I'm a genuine person. So I can't I can't just, you know, act like I feel something. I always everything I say, everything I say and do is coming from my heart. You know what I mean? So like I just at that time, cognac and conversation was more about, OK, you're at a place where you, you know, you know, you're not in pain anymore. You're no, chilling, you whatever. And you're ready to go out here and do your thing. You're a grown woman. You're sexy. You fly. Like, you know, go out here and do your thing. But it was different in writing it because that ain't really deep. I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. not really deep, you, you know? Work, on, on that record, you work with two very good, uh, two good friends of mine uh, from the Bay. My man, Trackademics. Trackademics. And Love you him. did the uh, So Special record with my man, Brandon. Uh, one, uh, one of a kind, One Oak. How did y'all link up? I was very surprised to see you and happily surprised to see you work with them. How did you uh, come across their, their work? Oh my God, wait, whoa, whoa. I never knew that's what One Oak stood for. Wait, yeah, what one is- one of a kind? I didn't either, yeah, I'm sorry. Kind. I thought yeah. it was the address of the New York club. I'm okay. No, but I, <laughs> my mind, why would he name himself after that night, night spot? Me too, this is- <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely had to ask him that question and he told me what was going on. Uh, I definitely had to ask him, well, what, why? Because I like Brandon. I mean, could have just been Brandon. Right. That's how I was calling him Brandon. That's how I was going shout, to shout to them. The Bay is another place that, I, you know, a lot of support in the Bay. Bay and I, you know, I have cities in America and outside of America that are cities that I can always get my money from. And so the Bay <laughs> was one of those cities. And um, Trackademics hit me a long time ago because he was just such a fan. Uh, this is all social, social media how I met them, you know, because he hit me and he was a fan of complex simplicity. And I'm the type of person that I don't just like, eh, I don't do that. I really always go look and see who this is. I don't care if it's somebody that's huge or, you know, whatever. I'll go check it out and see. And I just love his sound to this day. Like, we work oh, constantly. We always work together because he has such a great song. And to me, I'm okay with evolving into anything that I'm supposed to evolve into, but there's a base to what my sound is. And I don't, I don't like to... Um, really kind of like dismiss that base 
You know what I'm saying? Like it can mm-hmm. be something different and fresh and new, but it has to have that base. And he completely has that base. We call it um champagne soul. It's like it's really, <laughs> yes, really indeed. sophisticated, you know, mm. twirl. The girls don't twerk, they twirl, you know. Yes. And so it was just very easy. <laughs> it was very easy for us to connect. And Brandon kind of came along with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um I I like that the record. Um that on the the luxurious underground joint that's so special and missing you. Those are my two ones from that. I I love both of those songs. For real. Thank you very much. Missing you was like a spillage from the album that was supposed to be the Young Lions. It was just spillage from this album that I dismantled. So okay, yeah, the Young Lions. What happened? What happened with that record? Well, Paulie wasn't there anymore. I think Brian was dead set on me working with one producer like we did before. Okay. But like mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I, I hate to be vulgar. People think it's vulgar, but I always say making music is to, for me. I can't speak for other people. It's like having sex. And I'm not a very promiscuous woman because I can't connect with everybody like that. And I don't do things just to do them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So me and Paulie, we had good sex. Had you know what I'm saying? We yeah. had the chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just didn't find somebody else to do that with. So I would go out and work with all these different people, but I don't think that... They were trying to recreate that that thing. Mm-hmm. And so before um, we could figure that out, I was ready to go. You yeah. know, and then TVT kind of just went up, fell apart. It went uh, bankrupt. In of your in your material, I think the person that I've here that you've have a really good chemistry with, and I don't know personally, you know, if it, it compares to a poly or not, but you and Bink, like Yo, mm. y'all do not fucking miss. Like, I love mm. the records y'all do together. What was it like? We, re- we, we, we really friends, you know? Okay. Like, Bink and I are really friends. Like, Bink will uh, call me and vent, and I'll listen. Yes, you know? he will. <laughs> yes, he will. And so Shout we out to friends. Bink. Shout out to Bink. Much love you know, to Bink. Yeah, he will. And so, so I, I think that's the thing. I think that um, I've been in the studio with some most, the most world-renowned and amazing producers and like i said it's like sex it don't mean it's gonna work you know what i'm saying and i think me and Bink just have a good chemistry i think because i really genuinely like him and he genuinely like me and we care about each other so it just comes out that like that and i wish i could just have sex with anybody but i can't and that's kind of how it is with music i can't i can't i can come in here and i can have every good intentions to make this great you know but if it doesn't click, I don't know how to go in the mode of like, this isn't clicking, make it click. I don't know how to do that because I feel like I'm in my sweet spot when it when it's like rolling. When I force it, it gets really whack. And I don't like that part of what I do. It makes me start to feel like I'm like, so I just like, I don't Yeah, make you question yourself. Were you and Anthony together? You and Anthony, uh, when y'all did um, that one record, were y'all together in the studio when y'all did that record? We were. No. No, we weren't. I did that by myself and then I sent it to Anthony. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I that was another one of my faves. And and that was a track, I don't want to say because you probably know who, because you probably know them. You're from okay. Philly. You're nah, from, I'm you know, North you're, Carolina. No, North Carolina. But you know Carolina. Okay. Well, some friends of mine from Philly. Um, I know. So I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but some friends of mine from Philly, I only had so much money to make the album and they wanted more money for the album. So I just took my vocals and gave them to me. Being murdered, it turned out way better than I thought it was going to be with the first track, you know. And that's kind of how that happened with the Anthony Hamilton record. And then uh, we sent it to Anthony and he got on it. Okay, nah, that one that shit was dope. I, lo- I love that record. Thank you so much for real. Mm-hmm. Um, was your label situation with uh Shanaki when you in 2015? How were they uh working with them compared to TVT? How was that for you? 
I learned to appreciate TDT a lot more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I learned that you don't need a middle <laughs> you name. You expected that, Fonte. Hey, it's TJ. I, 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 I learned that you don't need a middleman. That's what I learned. I learned you don't, need a, middle, you don't need a middleman. Facts. It's, is you there, know, is not your for what I do. I'm With your current situation, are you your own manager right now, or? Um, we have it's just we have a team. Me and my sister are partners, and that's kind of how we roll. I I guess I would be partly my own manager because we just kind of work together on it. Right. But um, I've never had like big management or anything like that. But is that like being the wedding planner and the bride at the same time? I like... don't know. No, I don't be the bride and the wedding planner. I really just be the bride, and my sister. Just oh, her sister be the wedding planner. Okay, she. Yeah, she okay. she well, she should be sitting here telling you how crazy I am and how you know it's she takes on a lot of hats and you know stuff like that. It's definitely I would love it for it to be uh, you know where I'm completely detached from it, but it's just not possible. What do your boys think about now that they're Real. they're artists? <laughs> Coast Contra. Shout out what to Coast Contra. What do they yes. think about the way that you have lived your career and? The things that they're gonna they're taking away from it as far as you know to being this great indie artist that you are well they saw the ups and right down. right right so it, it makes me feel happy that i didn't do so bad in the down times to make them be like i don't want to do this you know so mm-hmm. that makes me happy and um they just always have always championed me like i get nervous to let them hear anything always have since they were little you know like i just really respect their opinion so much and um I think more than anything, it was kind of they were kind of like me. They had it in them, burning in them. They didn't even tell me forever. I didn't learn. One of their friends told me that they rap or whatever. You know, I didn't even know. I think that they just uh, <laughs> all of this family doesn't share their intimate <laughs> humble. The humble. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call. No, no, listen, this is nah, what they told me. Quest. They told me, well, we thought we thought that you wouldn't want us to rap because you know, dad raps and you know. Yeah, you know how you feel about dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> You and him are like friends now. Like we, it's like thirty years, twenty years later, twenty something years later. Here's the thing: I had listen. I love him with all my heart. He's my first love ever. You know, first everything. You know what I mean? And so I love him with all my heart. And but we don't have any beef, nothing. We super cool. We mm-hmm. always like we could be. We could always be friends because that's always who we were. My only problem with him ever has been not being a father to his children. That was all it. That was it. You know. So now we can, he don't like when I say stuff like this. But yeah. Like I can't rewrite what happened. You know. So it's cool. Like we can sit down and talk. We can be cool with each other. He makes me laugh. I make him laugh. We cool. But that's my only problem. So now that that's done, let's have yes. a shot. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. Abusing opinions of TJ Murphy's tonight. Wait, the one time that you did say something to me, you were like, is it Never mind. <laughs> Yo, hey, anyway, <laughs> so next. <laughs> nah, nah, hold on. Go ahead, TJ. It's okay, Amir. It's okay. It's okay. No, we're friends. It's no bad. Yes, you said nothing bad. You said nothing bad. You just asked me a question. And I was like, yeah, yes, that was it. I never heard from you again. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> So with them, so with um, with your sons, uh, Coast Contra, do you, I guess, do you play any role in their career? Um, like how how do you manage that? You know, with them, you know, doing their thing and and you doing your thing. How do how does that work? Those are my children. I am their mother. Mm-hmm. All I can do is off as artist to artist, offer them because first of all, let's start here. 
I ain't gonna sit up here and pretend like I know a lot about this business because I've been in the industry of Teacher Moses. I haven't really been in the music industry. The record business, right. right yeah, right. I'm yeah. in the industry of Teacher Moses. I make my money off of, I very rarely opened for people. I was always doing my own shows, my own shit, you know what I mean? So I don't really know much about that. So I'm not gonna sit down and act like I know this stuff, you know? Um, but I, what I do tell them is about navigation of human beings in this space, you know? And I tell them about being good. I think one of the reasons they didn't want to tell me for a long time because they knew if they were whack, I was going to tell them. I was going to say, this is not good. You would have you told me that, though. Sound like Fonte. Hell yeah, they, you got to. did the same thing listen, with his son. Yeah, like, listen, bro, you want to hear it from me because if you hear it from me, you know it's coming from a place of love. You hear it from the internet, be, them niggas don't give a fuck about nothing. <laughs> they used to say all the time that they wanted to be basketball players. Have you ever seen their dad? Have you ever seen yeah. That's right. All I Am? Right, right. I right. said, no. It's not happening. I told them all the time when they were a little girl, child, Wait, find something her. else to do. I'm five, five two. He's five two, five two, standing outside the trail in Queensbridge, son. Listen and and stack <laughs> like that. You're like five seven, five eight. Everyone says that. I think the complex and cover. I talk, maybe I talk like a giant. But I think the complex simplicity, because I get this all the time. I think the complex simplicity album where my leg is kind of out of something. I think people think that that's a long, long leg. Long. Now I have a, I have a long leg. <laughs> But that's all. <laughs> I just thought you were like five eight, long legs, no, short thighs. Definitely not. Definitely not. But right. I will say this, Fonte, it's so much more pleasurable to see them doing what they're doing mm-hmm. than it was for me because I did it out of de- desperateness to take care of that's... my kids and to like get to not be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're doing it because they just love it they and love they it. enjoy it and they're happy about every single thing. I went to see them. Um, that last week, the week before last, they opened it for Corday and they were on mm-hmm. stage. And these people don't know who they are, and they're chanting everything and saying, It's like my heart just wanted to bust wide open because it's just very good to see your children pursuing their purpose and getting reaction from it. You know, it makes you feel really, really good. And I also know how long they've humbled themselves and just worked hard and kept their head down. And, they, you know, and now they're getting reaction to it, so it makes me feel really good. Yeah, nah, they've yeah. been on it for a minute. I mean, I've seen them, like, they going up now, like, I've seen, like, a lot of stuff, like, the LA leakers mm-hmm. and all that, but I be telling them, like, yo, nah, them boys been on it for a minute. Like, they, yeah. they've been they been at it, so I'm super, super happy for them brothers. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, man, Thank see, ep- epigenetics is, is a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, when, epigenetics. Yeah. When you're... It's the real love in hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When your family... Passes the genes down to you. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to ask Teacher one thing. I wanted you to break down. Um, I think it would be really uh helpful for all our listeners and some who are you know aspiring artists and independent artists. Um, for you as an independent uh as R and B because that's R and B is super. I tell everybody it is so much harder doing indie R and B than doing indie hip hop. Like it's oh, they yeah. are two completely different worlds. Costs a whole lot more. Way more expensive. Yeah. So for you, um. What moves the needle for you? Do you find is it shows? Is it videos? Is it, um, you know, is it content? You know, just releasing shit on IG or whatever. Um, what are the things that work for you as an indie artist that you actually see um, dividends from? Well, I definitely, you know, well, I see dividends from the shows. I definitely, of course. that was that's what kept me for the most part. Okay. Um, but I think it's just the. Owning the publishing has always, you know, those checks yeah. come through. Do you know what I mean? And Mailbox so, money. Um, yeah, it, it, it comes through. And, um, and you know, merch does decent, but it's not, because I'm not 
trying to push that as much as you know because i love music so yeah, i'm not trying was, to start a clothing line I have, that I have to think and then like and have people help me with that but um i think more than anything what is the most uh productive not just money wise right right the shows and touching people have made me have like this kind of more cult kind of following mm-hmm. you know what i mean i've been seeing the same people in these these, I have like a lockdown, like 10 to 11 cities that I'm going to always get my money in. And I see these people all the time. I know their children. I'm about to say, yeah. children. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I know all these people. And I think that, um, I think the internet is great. And I think it, it, it can get you to a lot of people. But I think ultimately a real connection is when you're on stage, you know, and when you get off stage and you, you talk to people and you do like, I, I'm a, I was always big on before people were doing this, like these pop-up shows. Okay. Because I travel a lot just because I like to travel, you know. And so um, I would just pop up in cities and just in a small bar and get a guitar player. And blah, blah. I love that kind of stuff. Like, wow. I love that kind of stuff. I love real connection with people. I think that's what it is with me. I like your experience with me to be very intimate. So it feels like I'm your friend. I don't want you to fan out over me because that's weird to me. I just want you to be my friend, Man, you know. That's, yeah. That's all. How do you use... Um, in terms of using social media because um i talk with a lot of artists now um which we're different because we kind of came up in an age before it so we know kind of what it was before but artists now like social media is just something that you have to have some kind of presence there um and that's not something that we really had to have so how do you navigate that um in terms of using your social media what works for you what doesn't how does that work for you well, you know, I started with MySpace and I've Same always here. engaged and I've always engaged people and I've always been transparent. I've always been very transparent on social media to, like I said, to make people feel like I'm not someone up here. I'm your homegirl next door. So when I say, you know, whatever I'm saying, what I've been through and blah, 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 or if I'm on a video telling you this and the third, you're not listening to me like somebody talking down to you. You look, listen to me like someone talking across you, like a friend. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I approach social media. It's new now because it's like called content, but I've just always been doing this. I've just always been being myself on social media. Um, I have to step it up now because it's like, uh, and I hate it. Job. I fucking hate it. I used to it. love it. But the thing is, I used to love it. I used to really freaking until you had to do engaging it. Really? People a job. until it became a thing yeah. like now it's like you know this that and the third but i actually do like it so i'm triggering my head back into like liking it a lot of the things that are going on now i used to do them before not because i thought it was a thing because i just wanted to do it do you understand what i'm saying totally. so i just i continue like a, I, I always say you know continue what you're doing and go harder to anybody just continue what you're doing and go harder and that's how i post social, social media just now i'm Fixing my mind, being that I'm moving into new music, to continue what I'm doing, but be more concise and like strategized about how you know strategizing how I want to do it. I love to watch you stand in your power on on Instagram. I was just thinking about that. I was telling the guys that I was like, I love that you stand in the power who you are, not just inside but also outside. You know what I mean? And I'm pretty girl. Yeah, I mean you're gorgeous. (laughs) That's what I mean. You're gorgeous (laughs) and you're surprisingly thick. So I was like, I love. Yeah, we shouted yeah, you out on. I must shout out the little brother shouting you out on our yes, gangsta grills. That yes, that changed like, my situation, baby. They was are you serious? Yeah. What? People That's crazy. Like, I never knew that. Be like little brother did say, you know. And here's the thing: I joke a lot. Like I, I think I'm cute. I think I'm pretty, but it's far more beautiful women, whatever, blah, blah blah. But that's just a Sagittarius sting. We big ourselves up. We don't wait for Sagittarius. people to cheerlead for us. We just cheerlead <laughs> for ourselves. 
Like I keep my pom poms ready in case I need to pick me up. And that's just kind of how I am. So people just experience, people just experience me being myself, you know, and I think that it comes across from me. It doesn't, it doesn't come across oh, from me like I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Her pom poms in a different place, but still, no, you got pom poms up there. I, no, you can listen. I, I got pom poms. They just locked down right now, girl. No, I, got no, I see them on the IG. So. Yeah, we've seen them on the IG. IG. Yes, yes, man. We've seen them on the IG. Uh, so God. your your new record, the uh, so special record. Like I mean, not so rich, not so special. Sorry, uh, make me. Um, yes. With uh, you no know, Brody Brown. Uh, Uncle Chuck, love that record. Is that nah? That record is is fucking great. I love it. Thank you. How is that setting up a new record? Like, where are you? Yes. What you working on now? Which where, where you at? Yes, um, I'm working on an album called The Bullshit. Um, it's based on what I went through after my kids were growing up, right? And uh, I didn't, I didn't date. Um, I tried a little bit, but then I realized you got a lot on your plate, right? And I, I'm a person that when I love, I get all involved, right? So I didn't have, I couldn't just. Uh, have a man in my life that might deter me from my responsibilities, which were taking care of my kids and making music and, you know, all that stuff. So I didn't really date. So by the time the twins left and moved to L.A. to start pursuing what they wanted to do with music, um, I just went out in the world. I was like, OK, I'm going to have a man and, you know, get my life and all this stuff. And I was trash. It was trash out there. Dating was trash. It was trash. Come on now. In California? Yeah. No, I was, I was going, but I traveled. So it's not just in California. Okay. I'm in right. New Orleans. That's I'm true. in LA. I'm in Miami. You know, I'm in New York. I'm, I'm in all these places, right? And it wasn't that, I'm not saying that everybody's trash. It just was trash for me because I need genuine connection, you know? <laughs> so I decided, I met this guy. who's was really, really cute. And I was just like, okay, come be the one. And I'm like, ah, I pulled him in, whatever, you know? Because I'm a businesswoman. That's how we handle everything. A single mom and a businesswoman is the worst because we think we can make anything happen, right? And so I pulled this guy into my life and I pulled the biggest bullshit into my life that I have ever experienced. I almost went gay dealing with this dude. You understand me? I was a gentleman teacher, Moses. Yeah, okay. And the interview just started. Yes. (laughs) He wore me out. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, was this I, I just, the dude that was on your IG? Because I would see something that you would post. Was, would you post him no. sometimes? Or, okay, it wasn't. No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm not, I would never. He could be my husband. We could. I would never. You'll never see some man out there. Okay, okay. The smart thing for women in, in music that are known. But um, yeah, it's just he just. I liked him so much, and I just felt. I just felt like because I'm I'm into you, you should just really be good. And it just didn't pan out. It was just I put myself in that situation, mm-hmm. and I wanted to blame him. But I couldn't. So I, there's a period of time during that, it's like four years, that I wrote all these songs. And it was like what was coming out of me at that time. Genuinely coming out of me. Not me trying to conjure it up. Like, you know, I have a record on there with um, Kate Trinata and Duran Bernard. Yeah. It's simply called yeah. Fighting Farewell. Because I'm just, I know I need to go. I knew this is done. Girl, what are you doing? And I'm fighting, I'm fighting. So this is what this album is about. It's about, you know, trying to go out here and date and the bullshit I encountered and the emotions I encountered, but also the Make Me album. We have a remix with um, Currency and Eric Bellinger. That is- and Eric Bellinger, yeah. And we have to talk about the Kaytronada, the Be Your Girl, like yeah, remix. I was gonna like, say. We have to like and and the record you did for him, the Culture Joint on his album. Actually, and that was co-written with my sons. Oh, he was. It was. Oh, nice. Right. Yep, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you I- feel about the 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 remix bringing that song back? Some 12 years after not even 12. Yeah, it was it was wild though. He it, it was like 12 2012 and I had record was released in 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a yeah. long time, yeah. 
But um, I felt really good, and I love him, and I I I just thought it was it's it super cool because we got to, we did that, and now we own it, and you know. I can't yeah. talk too much about that. Now I, was so, no, no. now, I was so happy. I'll say, however it happened, without putting up, I was so happy to see that be available on officially on streaming service. However it gets done, yeah. I don't care. No, but We got together and we did it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. But I was really appreciative, and I just feel like, um, to be honest with you, Quest, that made me feel good as a songwriter. You know, I feel... Be Your Girl makes me feel really good as a songwriter because even if it's the original or the remix or one of the other 10 trillion remixes that people have done, the fact that I did something that long ago genuinely from my heart and people still like it today, it makes me feel really good. I love Maze for that reason. So the fact that I have a song that can come on way later and people still get into it, it just makes me feel really good as an artist. More than the financial gain of it, I feel really, really good as an artist that it it's sustained. I love it. Well, you know, I I almost feel compelled to do our traditional ending in which we all say what we learned today. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I will say Let's I learned that Let's if you do don't it. come correct with Teacher Moses, listen, yeah. you, you out of here, be, son. You will done. Be, become part of a narrative. <laughs> yeah, she gonna she gonna write a, she gonna write a jam about your ass. All right, what um, else did we learn today? I learned I did not know. Oh. I swear I did not know that uh, us shouting you out on the Gangster Girls that that you know that that changed. I had no idea. Yeah, we was just. I mean, we was just showing you love. Like I was, you know. That was I'm, so I'm, sweet. Thank you. Nah, we was just showing you love. I, I mean, I've been bumping complex simplicity, and so you know, we, me and Pooh, was just talking shit that night in the studio. We decided <laughs> to keep it. So, um, nah, I've been a fan forever, and you know, just I see the people you work with. You work with like a lot of you know homies I know and people I really respect. And um, I just really appreciate the way you've moved in this game. And it's just, you're always someone that I've always looked at. You know, you, um, my brother Eric Robeson, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just on yeah. the R&B level yeah. where it's just like, yo, it is people out here that's eating, like that yes. are eating mm-hmm. good and making good Shout lives. Kendrick. Shout and out Kendrick. raising families. Kendrick, yeah. absolutely. Kendrick, oh, the family. Yeah. So, and so um, I just, you know, thank you and commend you for just, you know, being just that person and that artist and just having that integrity and you know always putting your best foot forward in the music that you put out it really means a lot thank you you know what else i learned you ain't nobody uh, else go yet you, you and Fonte oh, can bill have bill i learned so much all right y'all can talk amir is uh, go ahead amir it is your show no no, no. go ahead bill oh I-, I learned two things one uh fonte and teacher should have their own podcast and two, yeah, um, first. Uh, first. conversation. Hey. <laughs> conversations. Yes. And two, uh, I've never been so proud to be a Sagittarius in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This hey, is like a Sagittarius, hey, Sagittarius hey. appreciation hour. I didn't know shit about being a Sagittarius, but I know a whole lot now, and I feel I very knowledgeable. Listen, listen. I didn't learn. Yeah. All right, Leia, what'd you learn? Oh, Steve, I, uh, uh, I didn't. Oh, oh. Well, I'll just do it real quick. I, uh, I have just learned that what I already knew that Tedra's my whole tribesman. Every everything yeah. that she does, facts, I kind of do outside of singing and songwriting. And also, uh, I've been learned that. Teacher Moses is an amazing softball player. I just want to throw that out. On top hey. of everything else that she do, this bitch can kill on a field. Boom. What? You play softball, teacher? Well, I had to that day. I'm kind of the kind of person you that did. I do what I got to do. No, you yeah. you stole you stole bases and everything. Yeah, we played we played on softball. I was softball. smaller and I could run faster. 
Wait, y'all on a softball team together? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Wait, right here. You know How what did I not are? know this? I used to play on the Boys and Girls Cup on a softball team. Yes, me, I'm here. Oh my, my name God, is Laia. Steve, she knows what the sports are. <laughs> the sports. The I know sports. what the sports are. All right, Steve, what you learn? Uh, I learned that she's cool and I like her and she's a great interview. Um, thank you for doing this for us today. I also in defense of asshole boyfriends, um, sorry, but we do, <laughs> we do help you come up with good materials. I'm ready for that. When is it coming? You have a date for it yet? Not yet. This Not year. yet. Okay. This year. Okay. 2022 is coming this year. Yeah. Okay. You know, or, you know, our listeners won't be able to see this, but okay, so she started mentioning it, and I was like, all right, instead of me looking at my uh, my psychedelic uh, kaleidoscope imagery, I started putting uh, um, on my television screen, belly. Hey! Oh, don't know <laughs> me. No, no. Hey, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you, belly with the volume down is actually yeah. it's great. It looks amazing. Yeah, this is a beautiful. I'd never really yeah. noticed the cinematography. It's a two-hour video. It's a video. Yeah, it's yeah. a video. Ain't no script. Man. It is. No. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Oh, the lighting on Terrell Hicks <laughs> with the volume down. Where is Terrell Hicks? She oh, mm. somewhere probably being very beautiful still. She, yeah, she? yeah. Her, I know her you sister's know in gospel play. No, no, no. I just remember that her sister was on a reality show in a gospel play. It's a whole other thing with Jenny Wine. You know, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I know she's around. Anyway, <laughs> no, for real, teacher, this is long overdue. We thank you very much for doing yes. the show. Yes. Thank and, you guys uh, so much. I had a great time. I also want to say to you before I go, congratulations on your great documentary. It's really, really amazing. I really appreciate that. And I look, I, I appreciate all that it's getting to because it was so cool. Hopefully, by the time this makes it to air, I will That's right. take the statue home. Winning. Hey. Yes. Manifested. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. So, on behalf of the great teacher Moses, and I'm Pay Bill and Chuck Steve, Fontigolo, and Laia, this is another classic Quest Love Supreme Extravaganza. We will see you on the next go round. Thank you very much. Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.